I mean, I would guess as a business, they looked at it and were like, not worth it. Mm. Have fun. I wonder if that was part of it. Like if he fights Jones and Jones whoops his ass, which is probably likely, he's not worth this 10X that he's asking for. It's hump day, guys. Shepherd's pie day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm doing a fight for Haymakers for Hope uh, and working with MyFitFoods, who came from Chris. I don't. How did you guys meet MyFitFoods? I've been going there forever, so I used to just go there and buy meals forever ago at the tech center and then got to know the manager and stuff. And I don't know. They've worked with a bunch of other people. I don't know how I first heard about them or maybe I just drove past. But, yeah, they have awesome food. It's wow. my favorite meal prep. They don't pay me either, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, this isn't a paid thing. Uh, Chris, Whitney Johns uses them as well. We obviously all trust Whitney Johns. She's the most in shape person we all know and cares a ton <laughs> about nutrition. Um, and then I saw what they did with Grant Neal. Grant Neal went from 210 to 185. Uh, abs, kept his energy up through training, uh, just looks and feels great. Um, and so I needed to cut 50 pounds for this fight, and I've been putting it off. 50? Uh, excuse me, 292. Yeah, 30 pounds. Yeah, putting... That's one thing you don't put off is weight cutting. Yeah, I. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna document the whole thing. Yeah, dude. So yeah, we are documenting it, and my fit foods has been great. They have nutritionists, they have pre-made meals, obviously. They can recommend supplements. They they take all your body measurements through a, a BMI or a in body machine. Uh, and I would recommend it if if you're someone who struggles or has been trying to lose weight or wants to learn how to eat right. Go to some professionals and pay the money. The meals are like eight to ten bucks per meal, which is probably less than you would pay to grocery store. And you don't have to do food prep. Does everyone hate food prep as much as I do? Your whole Sunday is Tupperware and fucking. I hate it. Making shitty food you're not good at making, and uh, they just make it so simple. And they have nutritionists there who can monitor your macros and and kind of guide you the entire way. So uh, I think other than anything in the world, that's where you'd start if you want to lose weight and feel better. Is Go get help from the professionals. The food, I had the breakfast this morning. It was my first meal. I'm a little hungry already. <laughs> Pause for dramatic effect. And yeah, the food <laughs> tastes awesome. Uh, my Fit Foods has been great. And, and their staff, everyone I've met so far has just been like- Their staff is great. Crazy enthusiastic, super nice. And yes, Chris is not getting paid for this. We're not getting paid for it on the podcast, but they do a great job. So My Fit Foods. Yeah. They make the donut holes that we had that one time. Those are protein balls, but yeah, yeah those same are thing. sweet. Yeah, they're great. I eat them every day. Anyways, let's get into it. Let's go. I want to talk to you about our good friend, Francis Ngannou. He's actually, we don't know him at all, but no, he's, you know, he's one of my homies. He's dude. one of my best friends. Um, so recently, well, not recently, you know, obviously he left the UFC and now he just recently signed with PFL which is pretty crazy in a sense. But I, I said in a podcast a while back, I was like, I would see him going to PFL, but like, who will he fight? There's nobody there that they could really match him with that I would be like, I would pay for that. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, you probably don't know any. Sorry, PFL I was just pull, guys. pulling up my notes. I don't know any PFL guys. Um, so I did read somewhere that someone said in an ESPN article, don't know the guy who wrote it, that his break from the UFC was going to be inevitable. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know about inevitable because a lot of things happened, right? I think first Francis thought he would leave the UFC and easily get a boxing fight, you know, with Tyson Fury or 
Wilder or um, Joshua, any of those. And Which all, any one of those guys would destroy him in a boxing match. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I mean, obviously, there's always a puncher's chance, but yeah, his, his boxing is not a. Is he a hitter? Yeah. I yeah, would is say he an insane freak athlete. Yes. Yeah. I would say Deontay Wilder would probably be, uh, maybe Joshua. Joshua's a great boxer, but I think that hitters like that, he would have an issue with, I don't know. That's up for debate. Well, plus Deontay is so lanky and tall. So is Tyson. They'd be able to keep him at distance, score points. Uh, they're better technicians at the game. They, they would know how to avoid heavy punches. It would, it would be, it would be unlikely. One of them gets caught with some wild, yeah. overhand right right yeah i would say maybe wilder wilder's wild and uh has the least experience he hasn't even been boxing that long which is pretty amazing but i mean guys like tyson fury tyson fury can hit that dude can move for being what six ten, mm-hmm. um and he's a great boxer like great technical boxer but none of them were interested i think even deontay wilder called it a gimmick fight and he was like not really interested wow um so i think uh maddie do we have some of his contract information because this is pretty interesting to me um just because i've been on the contract side of things for so long and seeing how certain things come out and i know that they had some details now they're pretty vague let's see here it's this one huh uh yeah there's some specifics from his pfl contract now how specific i don't know uh as chris is finding this this is on bloodyelbow.com bloodyelbow.com yeah. So let's see. It says it's only for two, two or three fights. Guarantees a high seven-figure purse for each fight. A split of the event net profits. Got this microphone's in my way a little bit. So right there, a split of the event net profits is kind of weird because I don't think PFL makes money right now. When was this article written? This one should have been pretty new. Have oh, May. Seventeenth, yeah, so a couple days ago. Because um, I heard, I heard on top of that, he's getting, he's getting ownership in the African version of PFL. So there's another, yeah, there, that's another thing I want to talk about too. Because I know, so World Series of Fighting, this is a whole drama here. World Series of Fighting used to be, or PFL used to be World Series of Fighting, and I guess they have different ownership. Um, PFL came in with some kind of uh, investment group. They work with a bunch of big name athletes and stuff that are considered investors like Wiz Khalifa is in there too. Um, they're always announcing these celebrities investors, but I think that they're yet to make any money. I don't think they're profitable. Mm. They don't sell tickets. Is that the one that Jake Paul joined? Yeah. So Jake Paul, I'm sure owns a giant chunk of it now. Um, and then Peter Murray, I believe is the CEO still. And he came from like the NFL under armor, smart guy for sure. But right now, I don't think that they're profitable. So what is a, a split? You can break this down better. I mean, you're the CEO of a company. A split of the event's net profits. Um, well, first of all, if I was trying to do a deal with somebody and I wanted to finagle the deal on my behalf, I would tell them net profits because net profits are hard to actualize because I could put any deduction I want in there. Net profit means after marketing, after all expenses, all expenses net. Um, so if I was trying to do a deal with somebody and be a little bit, not even dicey, uh, but it would be a way to minimize the amount I have to pay that person. Cause again, you, what are net profits? Unless it's clearly, clearly defined. 
easy to tack up everything you can under that umbrella to not pay as much to the athlete. Yeah. And it, the way it's written, I mean, this isn't the exact contract, but um, so that's probably a bonus because it says it guarantees a high seven figure purse for each fight. So what that number is, none of us will know. He got a signing bonus or I'm sorry, going back to the net profits. So if they're not profitable, then that means nothing. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. So yeah, signing bonus. It could be net profits in perpetuity or like net profits over a certain number of years or cause it doesn't specify Yeah, a split of the events, net profits for how long, how many events. Yeah. And I think this isn't listed in there, but I saw that Nganu is not going to be part of the PFL tournaments. So they do the million dollar tournaments. He's going to be part of that super fight league or I forget what they're yeah, calling. I think it's called super fights. Super fights. So that's what Jake Paul signed on for. So they're going to have to find a name for him to fight though. Cause I don't think him fighting Joe Schmo or some just heavyweight you've never heard of sells anything unless you just want to see somebody get killed in the cage. Yeah. Um, so let's see, where did we leave off? Yeah. Signing bonus to serve as a brand ambassador for PFL. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't know exactly what that means. Like he's going to lobby to help get this in other countries and stuff. Maybe. Yeah. One of the articles I read, if it's the same thing is that he will be <clears throat> basically the chairman of PFL Africa. Apparently they want to launch a division in Africa. So he'll be the chairman of that, which I'm guessing comes with, a, a, you know, additional money. And it sounds like they're giving him control of how that particular division is run. Oh yeah. So here's what I was going to bring up. So PFL used to be world series of fighting. They changed the name to PFL and like a new ownership came in, but like a lot of this stuff stayed the same. So there's been a debate or not a debate, but they've been going back and forth because world series of fighting, I guess, owns the rights to Africa. Mm. They didn't sell that to PFL. So the, the heads of these organizations have been going back and forth. Like you can't touch Africa. Like we literally have the contract rights to it. Apparently. Mm. I don't know how deep that goes or all the details and how strict and serious that is, but world series of fighting, even though they're not an organization, now the people that did own it have been going out on social media and saying like, good luck with that. You know, you're, they've sent cease and desist, um, and other things. So, I mean, I don't know how that works because PFL is still saying we're going to Africa. Mm. It's going to be a attorney battle or some kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe you would know better than me. I mean, maybe they're just willing to pay the fines and, and, uh, or maybe, maybe they know they're not going to go into Africa and they just promised him that knowing that it'll never happen. Could be another way to be a, a prick about the deal. Or it could be because uh, the article I read said that they're not planning on launching until 2025, which probably means 2027. So, so maybe that's at the expiration of this contract or whatever. Yeah. Um, again, could be in perpetuity. Uh, obviously, obviously, I think what's cool about part of this is that Nganu has a lot of love for where he's from, and he's trying to. Because um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you as a fighter is like, is this was Nganu really that big of a deal to get all this? I don't know because I don't, you know, the UFC being private company still, we don't know what his pay-per-view numbers are. I mean, Dana will come out and say how many pay-per-views they did, but none of that is actually factual unless it's checked. Right. Cause what does suck is I think an Nganu John Jones fight is one of the biggest in history. Yeah. And that was another thing John's been going at Francis saying 
You put you bitch. Yeah, you can't call yourself the greatest <laughs> yeah. when uh, your neighbor comes out and you hide inside or something like that. Because you would think there would have to be when it happened, like because again, something I read was that the negotiations have been going on. We know they've been going on for a long, long time. Dana said they must have had four hundred dinners trying to talk him through, you know, why this makes sense on and on. There had to be conversations in the room. I have to imagine somebody had to be like, dude. There had to be like a one fight offer from the UFC. Like just fight John Jones. It'll be the highest deal ever created in the UFC. I think they did say that. And for him not to take that seems crazy to me. Yeah, he was pushing Because for, it's not like you don't get this after that. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. He's been pushing for this whole other side for all the fighters apparently. I don't know. Um but yeah, I don't know how big of a deal he is he great. And like he's a spectacle, yeah, but I mean he's not Conor McGregor. He's not. I would say he's not recognized worldwide. No. If I went outside and said Francis Ngannou to a lady at the store, she'd be like, Who "Right, the hell is right, that? right." Bless you. But if you say, <laughs> "What you call me?" But I mean, Conor McGregor has risen, risen to an icon, like a mm -hmm. worldwide icon. Mm -hmm. People know that name. You might not know who he is exactly, but you've heard that name. He's got I, a Netflix show. Yeah, it's great. I just started it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't really know if he's that big of a deal, mm -hmm. but PFL being able to take one of the UFC's champions and top fighters is a big deal as far as there used to be the battle. I think the UFC even got sued essentially or taken to court as being a monopoly. So here's, here's another question I had for you in line with this conversation is why do you think just your best guess, obviously, why Dana is not more willing to, because he obviously gave the world to McGregor. McGregor's getting a, a, a rev share. He's getting, he gets to bring his fucking stupid whiskey on stage everywhere he goes. He, 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 and, and deservedly so. That's something people need to learn in life. When you are a top earner or a top personality, you're going to get more than the average person. Like I would even say that in an office. If there's a top sales guy who brings in more numbers, he gets to come in at noon. You don't fuck off put up bigger numbers. No, it's true. You yeah. don't, you're never going to get the same treatment as someone else who does more work or is better than you at your job. Just period. End of story. I'm wondering though, and as I'm reading these articles, like is Dana starting to get to this point where he's becoming like, so checked out that he doesn't give a fuck about some of the deals he could be cutting. And some of these other leagues are going to pass him because they are willing to give up a little bit more. And eventually the UFC will be drained of its life force. Again, Chris and I went to a one, championship fight it was insane and it was absolutely fucking amazing to watch it was so fun even to the little details where they i don't know if we mentioned this on a podcast they they play heartbeat music yeah that was cool as you're watching a fight and as the fight ratchets up they play a heartbeat yeah you don't notice it at first where, where was this it's called one championship. So was that the one that was when John Wayne Parr and yeah, Reese, and the Reese fought that they did heartbeat stuff. Yeah. So you'll be watching a fight and you won't notice it. I noticed it first and I was like, dude, do you hear that? It's That's like, some cool sound go, design doo -doo 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 -doo, and you don't notice it. And then when you finally notice it, you're like, Oh fuck. They do that to raise your heartbeat. Cause subconsciously you feel now that the stakes are higher and you start paying attention more. You're like, yeah. something's about to happen yeah. or it's close to a finish and it speeds up. It was cool. I, that was even, my favorite detail. Even their fighter walkouts look like a fucking Skrillex show. It was unbelievable how well, uh, how good of a job they do at the theatrical part of, but I even do, to be honest, I even love how they had the jujitsu Muay Thai MMA championships back to back. Yeah. Like that's rad. 
And to hear everybody cheering for like jujitsu matches is not very common at all. Yeah. They went nuts when that happened. Yeah. It was cool. Um, so back to this deal, do you think, do you think, cause as you read this, you almost wonder why UFC wasn't a little bit more flexible with this guy, but maybe that, well, okay. So two things I think one the UFC. So Ari Emanuel and WME and all those guys came in, you know, the Fertitas used to own the UFC before, but the UFC has never been a, we're going to get bullied promotion. They've always been, fuck you. It's what do you mean way. bullied by the, by fighters and stuff? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like mob mentality. You're not going to push us around. I think that's mm-hmm. one. And, uh, I don't think Dana's lost touch or anything. I think that he's very smart. Obviously he's built this company up into a billion dollar company. Um, but again, like you said, is he that big of a draw? They know what the numbers are. So I can guarantee you their lawyers, accountants, everybody balances out and is like later mm. would be my guess. And just, oh, that's a smart answer. You're right. I mean, wow. Great answer. They probably looked at the data and they were like, we're not even going to make our money back unless he fights John Jones or somebody. But see, that's again, the wild card. You guys had the probably arguably coming into what could have been one of the biggest fights in history on the card. I mean, everyone across the world would have tuned into John Jones and Ghana heavyweight title fight. Yeah. And I, I don't, but that's only one fight. Yeah. So what happens if John Jones wins? That's that was probably part of the factoring into it. If John Jones beats Ngannou, which he probably would, yeah, likely he would have wrestled him and mauled him and fucked him up. Yeah. Now Ngannou is not a draw anymore. People are like, "Who gives a shit?" Maybe the rematch. Maybe the 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 second fight. Maybe there's a trilogy. Maybe. But how much do you get out of that? Because yeah. that Russian coming behind him is fucking nasty. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that. I, I mean, I would guess as a business, they looked at it and were like, not worth it. Mm. Have fun. Now, that's kind of deep, bro. I wonder if that was part of it. Like, if he fights Jones and Jones whoops his ass, which is probably likely, he's not worth this 10x that he's asking for. Yeah. I mean, that's a good possibility. Because he was pushing, I think, also, so that's on there, the right to have his own sponsors in the cage. I think that was another one of his clauses that he wanted to have his own sponsor or sponsors, one of the two, in the UFC. And they're like, nobody gets that. I mean, some kind of do, Monster and Connor. Um, but, yeah. they. But I bet Proper 12 also pays into the UFC. I, I would assume they do. Yeah. Um, and then I think that, I mean, you know, running a company, if you start letting one guy make these demands – then another guy comes, then another guy comes. And then are you stuck in this effect of everybody that becomes a star, you have to start battling with them or do you keep the guidelines, the guidelines? I don't know. I think this makes the most sense for me now, the way you said it and the way we're talking about it, that, you know, the way like life insurance works, they have the reason you can get a million dollars of life insurance coverage when you're 25 and young for 80 bucks a month is because they pay the smartest people in the world to sit around and look at actuarial tables, and they know you're not going to die. Dana probably has a savage team, and they were like, okay, what he's asking for would take us this much time to recoup. If he loses to John Jones, which is they probably had someone come in and weigh that out. And his age. Yeah. And that Isn't does, he like 35? You can't, you can't stop somebody from retiring. I don't know how old he is. I felt like he was older than that, but... 
That's a good possibility. I think they weighed the numbers. He's 36, and like, bro. Good, another good point. His age is a factor. It's not like he's going to be around for another 10 years. And he's had some knee surgeries and stuff. I don't think that they were going to get their money out of him. And who knows? This could break PFL. I know that PFL... Um, did I send you this? Maybe I didn't. I know Dana White had a statement and said, I know that PFL is out raising money right now. They don't sell tickets, this and that. Dana kind of went in on some things. Let's see. Is this it? No. It was like an article. I don't know if I sent it to you or if I just read it. It could have been up to the top of that one. Not that one. Uh, go back to the game changer. Let's see. Scroll. Is it, is it this one? Yeah, it might be this one. Either way, what Dana said was something about, I know PFL's out raising money. They're talking about, I think he said they're looking for $250 million. Um, They're talking about buying Bellator. I believe, yeah, I believe it's Bellator. Just all this stuff. And he was like, and they're not making money. They're not selling tickets. So for them to say that they're, taking over the world doesn't really make sense. Mm. But I don't know how that works. I mean, you know about capital raises and stuff like that. It's like, it doesn't necessarily, because you're raising money doesn't necessarily mean you're dead in the water. No. I mean, any company who's growing is always raising money. I mean, uh, I'd give you a hundred examples of that. So actually Dana, I should have sent that one over to you too. Dana and the um, executive from PFL were going at it, I think on Twitter or something. And the guy from PFL posted a thing from Blockbuster years ago saying they weren't worried about Netflix. <laughs> That's clever. And then he just sent that to Dana. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see where this goes. But again, like who is Ngannou going to fight that I'm interested in? I can't think. There's none of the PFL heavyweights right now that have the star power to make There's me nobody known right now. There might be some sleeper guy. Right. Yeah. To your point, though, there's nobody that's like famous enough. That if they announced a fight, anyone would probably give a fuck about. Yeah, that it's on a billboard, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to see that. Yeah. He's heavyweight. He would yeah. fight in. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. So what else is on here? So non-exclusive with regards to boxing. So he can go box. We already went over that, how most of the big boxers were, like, not interested. Now, they could change. Who knows? Um, to counter that, Dana did just offer Tyson Fury an opportunity to fight John Jones in the UFC. I saw that. And John Jones would destroy him in an MMA fight. In an MMA fight? Yeah. yeah. Destroy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, boxing match, he, he dusts him. Here's a hypothetical cool thing like one championship does. So Demetrius Johnson fought Rotong, and they did. So Rotong is the, one of the best Muay Thai guys around right now. Demetrius Johnson, MMA great. Round one was Muay Thai only. No takedowns, nothing. Round two was MMA. Round three was Muay Thai to make it kind of even. That's sick. If the UFC started doing that some fight stuff already like happened. that. Yeah. How did it go? Uh, I don't remember. I think Demetrius Johnson won. He was mm. able to survive the striking rounds. Mm. But stuff like that is cool. Like, I'm interested if you did that. Yeah. Round one would have to be boxing. Bro, if they did a, if they did a five-round boxing, MMA, boxing, MMA, Tyson Fury, John Jones, would be the biggest fight in the world ever. Yeah. And Tyson Fury is crazy enough to do some stuff like that. He seems like a fun dude that's like, all right. That'd be fucking bananas. It would be a lot of negotiating. That'd be so bananas. But here's the thing, too. It's like I'm the UFC The UFC doesn't co-promote. I guess in a sense they did with boxing. Um, but I know that 
PFL offered Francis to fight John Jones, and Francis put it out there. He's like, yeah, I'll fight you any day. It has to be a co-promotion. The UFC doesn't need you. Obviously, they let you go. They don't need you. So why would they give up half? Like, they don't co-promote with anybody. They used to a long time ago. I think they did some co-promotions with Pride, and that, that uh, bit them in the ass. So I don't you, know. You make a good point, bro, that this uh, – when you start to break it down – to the, to the nuts and bolts of the financials, probably this is a very risky bet for PFL. Yeah, very risky, because I I also think it took so long because other promotions were like, uh, because didn't he talk to everybody? Yeah, and most of the presidents came out and were like, we're out. Even one championship, they're like, we're out. What he's asking for is ridiculous. He wanted a seat on the board, this and that, and like all these other things that had nothing to do with fighting. And I mean. Respect to him for asking, right? Yeah, yeah. The closed mouth doesn't get fed. Um, here's the thing I do like on his contract, though, that he pushed for apparently, which is really cool. See the bottom one? It says a minimum salary. So possibly, I don't like that word, possibly as high as $1 million for his opponent. So he lobbied for whoever fights mm. him gets a certain amount of money. So Because the fight game is weird, right? I mean, if you ever look at the UFC's payouts – you can have one guy making 500 grand for the fight and his opponent makes 20. The the pay discrepancy is huge. So apparently he did lobby for at least whoever his opponent is. Yeah. Now listen for a million Francis, I'll fight you. I'm here. Yeah, let's go. So, uh, <laughs> I'm available. I'll fight fucking Francis for a million bucks. Yeah. Um so I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm interested to see what PFL does because they haven't been the best organization. I mean, I was telling you before, they just had nine, actually 10 guys failed drug tests. When you run a tournament format and 10 guys get suspended, you're in trouble because what happens to your tournament? Yeah. Um, we don't need to get inside that. play. Yeah, we don't. Yo, we'll what, do you, what do you think of this quote from Brendan Schaub, who I think is a douche? <laughs> I can't stand Brendan Schaub. He's always been cool with me. I'd like to fight him for a charity fight. He's, he's from Aurora. I don't care. He's a douche. Um, he can box. During an episode of the Shab Show, Brandon Shab made it clear what he feels why that he feels White is the last person who should talk about gimmick fights. He was basically saying Ngannou trying to fight Tyson is a gimmick. That's what Dana said about that. Shab said gimmicks. I got to light Dana up a little bit here. Shab said, "Dude, gimmicks. You own a slap fight league." And the numerics that you use to say it's crushing these other leagues is TikTok. Did he, is he using TikTok like then numbers probably? Because no, you can uh, see the few numbers. But he said it is TikTok. Is he using TikTok as like an adjective? Like that's TikTok, bro. No, I so, think they post a lot of their stuff on TikTok and uh, it goes viral in there. Whatever. Also, it is a meme to call tick like people that aren't all the way up there that you call them TikTok. Oh, oh really? So it could be that too. You're 50 years old, dude. That's a gimmick. <laughs> That's hurtful because I'm starting to get older and that just feels like he's coming at me. That last line doesn't make sense to me, but um, the other parts do. I mean, Francis fighting Deontay Wilder, Francis fighting Anthony Joshua is not a gimmick because I'll tell you right now, if Francis lands the, that right hand on them, they're getting knocked out. That's not a gimmick. Francis can win those fights. Are the odds, are the odds he lands? No, that's not a gimmick though. That's a real fucking fight, dude. Don't disrespect Francis. Is Francis the one that won and did the bow and arrow thing? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Our producer, Maddie's a big MMA fan. Huge. Yeah, I know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to get the story clear in my head. It will be, it's going to be really interesting because, yeah, I'm, I'm curious where all this money comes from too, because Jake Paul couldn't be cheap. Um, they're going to do these super fights. Who are these super people that they're going to find? So here's what I think PFL is trying to do. They're trying to raise it. So basically in business, especially in, in newer fields like this, I mean, MMA is still relatively young compared to boxing compared to sport, right? Um, organized sport. I mean, there's always a one, two and a three, right? Like you think enterprise hurts, you think Coke, Pepsi, you think right now there's only one and, and it's, UFC one in Asia uh, and and there's probably room for another one. I bet what PFL is trying to do here is become the number two. They're trying to, and one of the only ways you can do that is conglomerating. So they're going to go out and raise money and buy everything around them that they can buy viewership, buy the Jake Pauls, buy, put on a bunch of gimmicks to try to probably become the number two in the space would be my guess. And yeah, you're going to need a ton of fucking money to do it. Yeah. And I think here's one thing I think all these fight promotions are missing that the UFC is the best at. And I think we've talked about this before. Building fighters. Building stars. The UFC builds all these stars. And then as they move on, they go to other promotions. Bellator doesn't build any stars. PFL is not marketing any of their like homegrown people. So I think for like longevity, you have to build your own. Because you can't just take the leftovers of the UFC and then run with it because yeah. that will run out. Yeah. You, you get the guys at the end of their career, you get a couple fights out of them. Then you have to lock down another guy or, or more. But I don't know why, even when I was in PFL, I didn't understand why they weren't like doing stories behind certain guys. Guys, there was a few guys, um, Ray Cooper had been like the three tournament champion for them. They built, not they built him. I mean, he built himself, but he came up through PFL. Like, why are you not putting a bunch of money behind that kid? He's exciting. Make him a star. Mm. The UFC is a marketing machine. Mm. I think I'm convinced the UFC could make anybody a star they wanted. I think that they have a formula for it. See somebody and they're like, like the Patty kid, Patty Pimble, Conor McGregor. Um, they they definitely figured people. out that formula. You're right. Bisbing. Mm. They, Bisbing made... English MMA for the most part. I mean, they already had it over there, but once he came on the scene, they built him up and then it became massive. Mm. They're good at like, especially these other countries, because what's the best way to get a fan base? You get one good fighter from that country. You make them a mega star. Now you have the entire country watching. Could be, mm -hmm. could be the entire country Do they have of TVs Russia. in Dagestan? Dagestan. Where's he from? Dagestan. That's what I said. There's going to be a hit out on your life after this. <laughs> he Prepare to get darkest. flooded. Oh, dude, I, think, I think Khabib's the fucking best. Anytime we talk about Russia, I get blown up with weird accounts. And, Do you? Yeah. I'll Wait, you're it. saying when we've said something about Russia on this show? Yeah, or any interview, anything. Stop. Yeah. I think it was because I was shitting on, uh, what's the little Hold Munchkin's on. name? It, Khabib. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Hezbollah. You got, hold on. That's terrifying. So you so you're saying you had a soundbite where you said some shit about Russia, obviously in jest, obviously you're kidding. Obviously, obviously, obviously you're joking around. It's a soundbite. And, and you got lit up with like weird DMS. Oh yeah. They'll come out of the woodwork. So they're all like fake accounts, like bot accounts and stuff that 
even it happens on like Reddit. If you say anything about like some of these people, just boom, 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 like comments everywhere. Give me, are they in Russian? Like, no, but you can tell that they're like bot accounts. So it's not a human. Probably not. So it's software that if you talk about a Russian, it basically comes at you. Targets you. It's like a DDoS. Try it. Look at the camera. We'll cut you a clip. Talk shit about Hezbollah. Hezbollah, you're tiny, and I think your gimmick is whack. And in all honesty, I'd really like to meet you and keep you in the office. <laughs> I'd like to keep you in the office, like near the refrigerator. <laughs> Protect your snacks. Like, hey, yeah. No, no, no. yeah. <laughs> we'll cut that for him, Maddie, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Really? That's wild. Yeah. I'll show you later. Did you ever feel after that like you're smoking a little reefer after that, a day of bot attacks, and you're like, I'm going to get hacked? I just like look. Yeah, what do you think is Facebook I feel like your phone should be encrypted, too. Like, we need to. (laughs) You think the Russians took your Facebook, dude? Maybe. Facebook, I want back. I feel like you're uncomfortable even having this conversation. (laughs) I'll just tell you about it later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, he's clearly uncomfortable. Okay, so back to your point of where this might be a bad deal with the PFL. Uh, Who is this person? I don't know. Maybe you do. Uh, Matt Brown. Yeah. Okay. I Matt, the immortal Brown, bro. He used to train with me. He, uh, he just actually shout out to Matt Brown. He just broke the UFC knockout record last fight. Oh, I saw that dude. Yeah. yeah okay. Savage. I do know who he is. I remember him vividly cause he's very hairy, right? Very yeah. hairy chest. His coach Dorian was on the podcast oh, nice. that you and I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dope. Yeah. Broke the knockout record. He would agree with you. He said they took a gamble and we're going to see if it pays off. Uh, Brown said about the PFL. I think the over under looks pretty bad for them. That's about all it comes down to, right? It kind of looks bad for them. Good job to Francis. How, you got to have respect for that guy. He becomes a UFC champion, fought out of his contract, goes and gets a deal like that. Because that's another thing we haven't talked about is how he fought out of his contract somehow. Because usually those guys have rights to tie them back up. Yeah, I think they did. I guarantee they had matching rights. Yeah. Uh, but he's with you that the over under doesn't look good for the PFL, that it's a huge over gamble. Uh, so yeah, Matt Brown agrees with you as well. I, I, I like that idea that, yeah, it's a lot of money to pay for a depreciating asset. Yeah. I mean, every fighter is a depreciating asset, but like you said, he's up there. Um, he hasn't been super active, but that's because of contract problems, but he has had injuries and where's his head at? You know, I mean, he came from poverty from nothing. Now he's got tons of money. Like, is he good? I don't know how he lives. He might just be like. I'm cool. Like, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's interesting because again, PFL, their marketing is not good. Yeah. I didn't know that there were even PFL fights going on recently and I read well, MMA news all the time. And then you I saw were in PFL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in PFL. Follow him on IG anymore and under Russian attack. Apparently. Yeah. We're going to talk about it later. Um, but yeah, they, So those guys that failed all those tests, I didn't even know that the tournaments had started or anything. I just read all these guys failed, and I was like, oh, I guess PFL is restarted. Hmm. Same with Bellator. I think they do a horrible job marketing. I don't know when Bellator fights are unless, like, Grant Neal or, you know, one of my teammates is on it, and I'm like, oh, there's a Bellator card. Other than that, I don't ever see anything. Bellator's even worse, dude. They're up for sale. That's the word. And supposedly PFL is trying to buy them. Wow. I don't know where the money comes from, but I mean, at some point, the Russians. So that's what Dana said. I think Dana said that they're pitching 
or Middle Eastern money. That would make sense. And it would make sense they get the deal. So Saudi Arabia, we've talked about a long time ago with Live Golf. They've, been, they've made a big push on sports. You know why? The argument is they're, we've talked about this too, they're sport washing the world with like, sports is a great way to sport wash. So like, like every time the Olympics are in China, there's always protests because people are like right down the street, there's kidnapping, maiming, murdering, communism. But yeah, look at the Olympics, everybody. Isn't it great? Same with Russia when they did it in Sochi. It's like, like Qatar. Um, yeah, no. So one of the ideas is that the Saudis obviously understand that they're going to run out of oil. They need to diversify. They're thinking a hundred years out and they're thinking, how do we create a better profile for our country? Well, one way to do it is to buy Messi, Neymar, Ronaldo, right? Yeah. To buy every sport. And then it's kind of like, um, they offered tiger a billion dollars, didn't they? Yeah. It's kind of no different than, uh, yeah. It's like, let's put on the spectacle. Let's, let's associate ourselves with all these beautiful athletes. And then people will forget. We stone people in the streets. People will forget that we, uh, that's the idea of sport washing. Hmm. Don't let women learn. Yeah. Cause eventually like people don't look under the hood when they're like, uh, you know, tiger lives in golfs here. Uh, Messi lives in, in place here. Uh, it's kind of a really creative way to sweep shit under the rug. That's interesting. I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah. Even the Jake Paul, Tommy Fury fight was in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And everybody's like, why is it there? They've made a giant push for sports. Yeah. So maybe PFL a lot of it's diversification. Will, yeah. Maybe PFL will get that money and we're going to see PFL in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Cause one of the big arguments when live came out, there's an interview you can see on the Netflix special about golf. If you haven't seen it. They're interviewing these guys from live. Um, and some stupid reporters like, well, what about all the human abuses, abuse rights and all this stuff? So it's definitely a conversation that the world has already been having. I would have answered that question by saying, well, do you own Disney stock or go to Disney? Because the biggest shareholders in Disney are the Saudi Arabian investment fund. They're in everything now, but yeah. uh, that's, that's one of the big arguments is that they're just trying to, they're trying to, you call it sport washing. I'd never even heard that. Yeah. Sport washing create diversion. Of sorts, like oh yeah, look, correct. Look over here at the fun sports. While we're doing crazy shit over here, yeah, it's kind of the same reason the Caesars held gladiator games. Oh yeah, the more I can amuse you with bullshit sport and fucking hey, look at this, it's look at this shiny thing while I'm fucking over here murdering people. You don't give a shit. Well, well, the famine's going on. And you're poor and right. hungry, and you don't care. You're entertained though. Yeah. hundred percent. Are you not entertained? A thousand percent. <laughs> Dictators and world leaders have been using sport forever to, to That's interesting. I'm, i I want to read about that some more actually now. And they say Kung Jun Il or someone like they Who's that? Who's Kung Jun? Is that the, the number five at the father Szechuan Express? <laughs> yeah. It's the number can I get the Kung Can Jun? I get the dollar twenty five scoop of Xing Kung King? Of Kung Jun Il. Yeah. No, Kim Jun un the dad. There's like a legend about him that he shot a perfect game of golf and everyone has to believe it in North Korea. Like he got a hole in one on every 18 holes. Yeah. There's a bunch of those. Like what's I his need name? to start a country <laughs> <laughs> or a cult. I thought that was yeah, your goal. Yeah. Sex. Cult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sex cult. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only man there. Yeah. 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 No, um, I let other men in. I don't care. <laughs> Be an orgy cult. All right. That's a cool, like, Design wear, street wear brand. That would be a cool, orgy cult. that would be a cool clothing <laughs> brand. Orgy cult. Orgy cult. OG. OGC. Let's make it. Oh, man. That's what your next podcast should be called. Orgy cult. <laughs> yeah, people are tuning in for the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like the most vanilla intro, too. Hi, welcome to Orgy Cult. We're we talking about a mixture of topics. and <laughs> This week, we went off Oprah's I'm a Midwestern club. woman, all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, don't you know? 
So yeah, you got any closing thoughts on this? I don't. I don't really know. I'm. I'm curious to see where it goes, but I feel like it's going to be a big flop. Yeah, you know, um, coming into the show, knowing you wanted to talk, you're talking about Ganu, right? Yeah. Um, I had I had sort of mixed thoughts on it. I think the more we dug into it, the more I bet. Yeah, you're right. They people really looked at the numbers. This guy's 36 and aging. Obviously, mad respect to this dude. I mean. I think that should go without saying with Chris and I, for sure. I think a lot of people have a ton of respect for this dude that, you know, literally came over on a boat, yeah. snuck in, hiked his way to the U S basically hitchhiked here. No money gets a shot in the UFC. I mean, talk about the fucking American dream on display. Yeah. You could come from anywhere in the world and now you're at the boss's table. He was working at sand mines. If you yeah. haven't heard, you know, if you haven't heard his episode with Joe Rogan, I mean, that's you listened to it, right? Yeah, yeah that was amazing. Fucking amazing. I mean, what a fucking poster child for you can put your mind to think. Now, granted, he was born 6'5 and fucking a freak of an athlete. So, <laughs> but the fact that you can come from anywhere in the world and come here and uh, and achieve that level of success that quickly is 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 fucking uh, it should give you goosebumps. I mean, it's amazing. With that being said, yeah, I mean, he is 36. Um, who did, you know, this deal for the PFL is probably a, a you know, a grasp at. Yeah, he's going to be good. It's just, will this break the promotion? Mm. I don't think it'll break the promotion. I think France is going to make him run out of money. That was, that was clever. Wow. Right, thank you. But yeah, Early it, morning. It, it, is, <laughs> it is super fascinating to think through how the UFC made the decision. The fact that one passed on him, the fact that, you know, what are those guys really looking at when evaluating this guy and, and how much to invest in him? I don't think it'll break the promotion, especially if these guys are talking about raising 250 million. I mean, um, but as you know, and I know if you ever want to spend a lot of money real fast, start a company. I mean, I mean, 250 million could be that contract alone. Yeah, fuck. Guaranteed seven-figure contract? No way. It's $250 million. No, but I mean, who knows? No, it's happening. Or seven it's, figures of fight. So that's another thing that's happening to soccer teams overseas right now. If if you ever – I know you guys aren't necessarily soccer fans, but I got really into, like, the Super League and all that shit. It's called football, bro. That's why yeah, That's why Messi just got $400 million a year. A year. Because a Saudi team picked him up. But those premier teams – almost go bankrupt every year. They, really? ha they have to make certain tournaments to keep teams alive because soccer, there's no caps anymore on what those guys can make. So it's a constant, they're constantly pushing up salaries, which is why those, but yeah, what it, what, yeah, I don't know enough of the details, but it does seem like they, they probably bet on a guy who probably has a few years left max. Yeah. And again, these aren't stupid people on either side. I mean, Peter Murray, very, very successful in everything he's done. So, I mean, he's no fool. And I believe he's the CEO still for PFL. Um, like I said, he came from the NFL. He was the president, I think, of Under Armour. He knows a thing or two about some deals. He signed me to PFL. I mean, come on. Dude, smart dude. Yeah, smart definitely. Guy. Um, all right. Well, let us know what you guys think. Our viewers here. One, I would like to hear, who do you think he fights I mean, I don't even, I can't even think, but, um, and then two, and you were in the PFL, like who's a heavyweight in the PFL that you, I mean, they don't have anybody on the roster that would be worth selling as a super fight. They've got some good fighters, but there's, 
they're how do I want to say this? Their heavyweights probably don't do too well in the UFC. Like if you took them, put them, there's a few that would do okay. It's like the farm league of UFC. I mean, I don't want to say that, but it's, yeah. I mean, they need more time or whatever it is. I don't know. I'd have to look again, but there's nobody for like a headline that you're going to pay this guy seven figures and then I'm going to watch him fight this guy who has six fights. Here's the top 10 in PFL heavyweight. Ante walking trouble to here. Yeah. 23, five and oh, Bruno Capo Capozoa. Those two guys are solid, but it's still not like, it doesn't make me want to order a pay-per-view. Right. And you're right again. But again, I think the thing with UFC that they have over PFL is obviously 30 years in the game. Yeah. When it comes to like marketing platforms and they've had multiple TV shows and you know, when you're talking about like building promo for a fight PFL just doesn't have that, that, you know, that equity built kilt Kiltson white bear, a Bray you Renan problem, problem, problemea problema Fiera. They did it in Spanish. Yeah. I mean, all of those guys are good fighters. Like I said, it's just, if the plan is for him to fight one of them, the marketing needs to get behind it right now and like push these guys, build them up. Right now, again, you're building up somebody for your money guy to smash, but that brings in the money. I don't know. That's why I'm not a promoter. Why? Because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, it's just marketing. No, but, though, you, like, but you nailed it. All marketing is, is telling a good story. The reason we want tune into some of these big fights is because you're right. They build it up. They build up the opponent. There's, there's six months of like, these guys fucking hate each other. They, yeah. Boxing has stepped it up recently. Have you noticed that? Yeah. <clears throat> With like tank and Ryan Davis. I mean, that was, what was that? Like a year and a half of marketing. Probably they were trying to build it before they were even lined up to fight, but yeah, like, but boxing got away from doing that for a long it's a time. Great too. example. They were already leaking it on the internet, fucking, uh, you know, causing them to run into each other or have little beefs on the internet. And then, yeah, it's a year of buildup. Yeah. My, my worry is that PFL thinks that signing one guy, one half of it, they're like, people will tune in. I don't think so. But I mean, now do they, since they have Jake Paul and they're going to get these other people, are they going to put them on one card? They're going to have to spread them out because how many super fight cards can you do with not a lot of superstars? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We're going to see. So let us know what you think. The other big thing I wanted to talk to you about is Aljamain Sterling. So if you followed that, I know I told you a little bit about it, but mm-hmm. do you have a chewy? Yeah. Is there another coyos in the fridge by chance? No. There's a bunch one. in the warehouse. I grab one. You want one? <laughs> no, I'm good. Go I've, grab one. Can't have too many. Um, so Aljamain Sterling, who is the UFC bantamweight champion, he just fought, right? What two? Bow and arrow. Huh? He's <laughs> no. talking about bow and arrows again. Not the bow and arrow guy. <laughs> Aljamain Sterling just defeated Henry Cejudo, which should solidify him as probably the best bantamweight. Yeah, I mean Cejudo was. I picked champion. Did you? Mm. Um, I don't know why. I think just Cejudo's wrestling, I think. I thought. Yeah, I mean, he's a stud. 
Not my favorite person. I mean, he embraces the cringe. I think he's purposely cringy. He I've heard embraces the cringe. He calls himself. Oh, the, fuck, that's good. He calls himself the king of cringe. Um, I've, really I've heard. Good. I've heard he's a great dude. I've never met him. Um, you, not the bow and arrow guy. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm the king of cringe after that one. But so let's see. I wrote these down actually, because I I looked through. So sorry, I didn't even get the whole story out. What I'm talking about here is Aljamain Sterling has a little bit of beef with UFC right now because they basically booked him to fight again already. Like you're fighting and that fight. So he just fought May 6th and then his next fight is August 19th. And he's got a little bit of a gripe because he's like, I just fought. You guys already announced my next fight. Didn't check on me with injuries. Maybe I want time off. Um, what's the deal? And they're pushing. And you're not talking about a new champion either. No. And even if it were, it's still like you should give the champion some time. He's not a new champion. This is like his third defense, second defense. Uh, yeah. Second or third. Yeah. Probably third. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause he fought Peter Yan twice. So he won from that knee to the face, but then he did beat Peter Yan. So that should shut everybody up, but he doesn't really get a lot of respect. People seem to hate him. And it seems like Dana is not a big fan of him either because my, my thought is why is Sean O'Malley dictating title fights and stuff? He's like, we're fighting this date, this, this, why does he have so much pull? when Aljamain is the champion, the champion should be able to be like, no, nah, I'm not healthy right now or this. Now, maybe you, you know why though? I think, I think the UFC definitely wants Sean O'Malley as champion. Well, yeah. I mean, Dana has been open about like, if you're good at building an audience, of course you're going to get pushed. Like people have talked about Patty Bimlet's not that great of a fighter, but he's, he's fucking great for, he's great for ratings. O'Malley has a huge audience. He does. Yeah. That's why they want the fight. Yeah, it just seems to me it seems a little disrespectful, uh, right? No, dude, I agree with you a thousand percent. If no, this I know were any not. if this were any other fucking champion, they'd they'd probably give him the time. So I actually went through last night and made a list. So because you're right, we talk about this a lot. Like, where does where do you draw the line in the sport of like? Because some of you guys are fucking some some of people in sport are stupid. Where it's like I'll take any fight anytime anywhere. That's not smart strategy either. No, like sometimes you're not ready for a fight, right? Or you're not healed, or you're not. And I think it gets taken advantage of. If this were another champion, I think, and needed time, they probably would give him time. Yeah, and he just got off the biggest win of his career. He beat Henry Cejudo, who was on the pound-for-pound pound list forever, went into retirement, came back. Two-division champion. He got to come back into a title fight. That's how good he is. Aljamain beats him. And then they're like, okay, you're fighting Sean O'Malley August 19th. And he's like, That's whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, such a fast turnaround. Yeah, so I made a list actually last night. And Sean O'Malley's what, like eighth in the division? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Maddie can look that up. I'm not sure where O'Malley ranks in there. But so Brandon Moreno, his last fight was January 21st. He does have another fight coming up. Volkanovski, his last fight was February 11th. No fight booked. Why aren't they pushing him to fight? Why, why is he not being thrown in there to fight? Like he's been out longer. And he still has no opponent. It says he's number two in bantamweight. O'Malley is? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's been winning. I mean, uh, Islam Makachev also fought February 11th. He fought Volkanovsky. No fight booked. Why is Islam not fighting? Why are they not being like, okay, you're right back in here. That was before Aljamain fought. Uh, Leon Edwards, March 18th was his last fight. No fight booked. Yeah. Um, Adesanya, no fight booked. His last one was April 8th. 
all of these guys fought before Aljamain. And all the fights you're mentioning, too, were like mega fights, just like his fight with Cejudo. Yeah, I mean, Adesanya beat um, Pereira. The bow and arrow guy, Matty. There you go, Matty. Thank you. Finally, <laughs> my boy. That's my favorite. Um, Pereira, I think, is matched up to fight, or they're working on Blockovitz, but um, Adesanya hasn't fought. Jamal Hill, his last fight was Glover, January 21st, no fight booked. Uh, John Jones is fighting Stipe, but his last fight was March 4th, um, which was a blow through. He didn't even take a punch, I don't think. So he should be super healthy, ready to go. He said he wanted to be Who active. was that last one? John Jones. Uh. And even the girls. I don't know what it is about Aljo. They're just like, you're next. What, what right. would you theorize? The Sean O'Malley bump, what you said. They want Sean O'Malley in there. Um, but why Charlie so Crown, soon? Uh, maybe they're looking to get Aljo out of there. I don't know. Huh. It is weird because Aljo has been fairly active for a champion. I would not like extremely active, but he hasn't been inactive. Um, maybe not. Maybe he's not drawing big numbers, which is why they want to. Yeah, Sean's got his own podcast. He does like. Oh, it's huge. He's got a huge of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I know Aljo has his own podcast and stuff too, but not the same size as O'Malley's. But so here's what uh, Aljamain said. Why is it so hard for Dana to go? Absolutely. The fight is done. We spoke to him. This kid's always shown up to the fights, always makes weight, always does the media stuff. We know he's going to show up. Yeah, he just fought two weeks ago. He's a little banged up, but he gave us his word. He's going to show up for this fight. The kid's a killer. The kid's a stud. The same way he does for Connor. If Connor does something, wow, isn't he awesome? Can I be awesome too, Dana? Because, yeah, I mean, he basically got no love from that fight, beating Cejudo. And then they're just like, all right, move on to the next one. Why didn't they give him a giant bump? Like, why didn't he have some kind of press tour and stuff? And yeah, Aljo said, fuck it. Let's run it July 8th and see if you really built like that. And Sean O'Malley said, I ain't. See you August 19th. Like, he gets to dictate all of this. Dude, no one looks more Florida. Is he? O'Malley might, has to be from Florida. He's huh? from Arizona. Oh, I think he's from, like, Idaho or Montana. He yeah. looks... Like lives Riff in Scottsdale. Mm. Oh. But yeah, I it's interesting to me. I mean, what would your take be? Just the numbers? Yeah, I'm trying to think of um Is it because I, they I, need I would say the numbers, I would say I would bet that uh Sterling hasn't pulled big numbers his last few fights, like really big numbers. Um he doesn't seem like the most media I know he's like well spoken and everything, but he, Compared to like O'Malley and some of these other guys, he he's probably not a media darling like some of these other guys. I guess, um, let's see, quote from Dana. I'm not the one who went out and said, if that's my a fucked up quote. Up when I'm promoting a fight. If, oh, yeah, okay. So here's what that's I did a want to up, talk That's about a fucked this. up quote. If you're not healthy, don't take the fight. We'll do somebody else. But we'll do an, the title fight with somebody else. Why? Yeah, that's fucked up. That would be the fastest interim title probably ever. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's what doesn't make sense to me. You were going to do an interim title. That's because they want O'Malley to have that belt. Yeah. And I think that. Plus, that, that statement works for him too because he gives it to O'Malley for the interim. Uh, Sterling comes back. It's an even bigger fight. I guess. Yeah, I, I think it would be because now, because now there's drama like, oh, you were hurt. You're being a bitch. We gave it to this guy. Now he's going to want his belt back. Now there's even more chirping. There's more of a drama line there. Yeah. And in, interim titles for me, I feel like they don't normally do an interim title unless the champion has like a surgery out a really long time because what's the deal? Okay. Say Aljo wanted a break. You bump that fight back. What? Three months 
what's the big deal? The fans aren't like, why isn't the Bantamweight belt being fought for? Why is it so inactive? Yada, yada. It just seems real weird to me. And I think I can totally understand why Aljo feels like disrespected by it. And I don't know. We could, who knows? We could see, I don't know what Aljo's contract looks like, but maybe he's the next Ngannou. Maybe Ngannou, I was going to tie these together. Maybe Ngannou is going to start a thing where guys realize like maybe I can come from being champion, go out, make a bunch of money, not fight the same competition, be good. Yeah. Huh. All right, real quick, I want to tell you about something that I absolutely love, and that is fit soda. Soda's great. Everyone loves to drink it, but it's not good for you. It's going to make you fat. It's going to get you obese. It's going to rot your teeth and cause all kinds of health problems along the way. Fit soda gives you all the pleasure of that beautiful, sparkling, tasty drink, but without all the negative side effects. Fit soda has zero calories. It's also a hydration drink. It is loaded with branch chain amino acids for recovery and electrolytes for hydration comes in four amazing flavors. You got the orange cream, you got the root beer float, you got the cherry cola and the sparkling citrus. By the way, guilt-free soda, zero calories, stick a little vodka in there. You got a delicious cocktail. It's a great mixer. I'm telling you, this stuff is fantastic. Stop drinking soda right now. Stop adding to that waistline. Stop rotting your teeth and causing all the internal problems that soda does cause. Fit soda, number one, is absolutely delicious and it's good for you. Play this video. Aljo and O'Malley. It looks like the fight had been verbally agreed upon, but then we see Aljo go on in, uh, social media saying like, well, if my body feels good, I'll be, I guess I'll be ready or something. And then you have O'Malley saying, well, regardless, I'll be there and I'll be fighting for a title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello? Yeah, he's sure fighting. It's, it's, I, do you want me to explain what's going on in the mind of fucking Aljo? I, it's, it's, I was in the gym this morning working out. I got, I got a call that Aljo said, you know what I got a call from? Three guesses who called me today and said, uh, Aljo sounds like he doesn't really want to fight. Three guesses. hundred bucks right now for whoever can guess it. Henry. Who? Henry. It's a hoodoo. Oh, this flies down. <laughs> what an idiot. Man Good catch, work. man. <laughs> Henry Cejudo calls me and says, this little pussy doesn't want to fight. I'll take the fight. I'm, I'm throwing my hat in right now. Let, let's do it. I'll, I'll fight O'Malley. Da, 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 da. So Hunter is my neighbor. Comes over to my house. Said, what's going on? You know, and, and, and I think, you know, we, we got his manager on the phone, stuff like that. It's just, all Joe's one of those guys who just can't get out of his own way. You know, apparently he's in for the fight. Why he said that, who knows? It's just, yeah. But this, you, th this is my life, brother. This is my life. But if that fight, the fight is on. Okay, I don't want to. The I, fight I, is absolutely positively on. Awesome. Yes. So here's the thing about fighting. So is Aljo too. kind of a fucking prima donna? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. But what I, what I was just going to say is like, here's the thing about fighting is people don't realize too. Like, give me a fucking minute. I mean, I've walked out of fights and been like, I'm good. And you get home week later, whatever, you're like, God damn, I can't even like bend my arm or something. Right, like, right, right. Like injuries. So the UFC, what is it? You have 30 days after the fight to claim uh, their medical insurance because for that reason, because like hopped stuff, up on adrenaline still too and coming down. Yeah. And just like stuff comes up like later that you're like, Oh, I didn't realize. Cause they'll, they'll <clears throat> check you out after the fight. And like, if, 
if something immediately hurts, they'll take you to the hospital, they'll get you whatever you need. But then they send you an email and they say, you have 30 days just to let us know. And they even have people that check in on you for that reason, because again, he just fought like, who knows, maybe something kind of hurts or like something's lingering, but he's like, oh, <laughs> you it's could not have a fracture serious. or internal bleeding or all like kinds of little, stuff you wouldn't feel the day of. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like a split that opens up over time. The more you work out like a little, like a hairline fracture. Yeah. Or you could have torn a ligament, not feel it two days later when you're finally calmed down, you've had some rest. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to manifest itself. It's like you with your knuckle. You're like, yeah. Hey, I, I think I have gone. a big gap. In Chris my knuckle. dented his knuckle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like two days later, he noticed it. Not like, to mention. So August 19th, right? Aljamain will be starting camp again soon. That's miserable. That sucks. And you're the champion. He cuts pretty hard too, right? Yeah. He's a big dude for 135. He cuts a lot. And it's just camp is the most grueling part. The fight's not the worst part. Like training camp sucks. After you're like, give me some rest, break, and especially when you cut weight. Like when you he say does. too, buddy. Like, um, <clears throat> obviously, most people listening to this have never been through the physical demands. But then there's that mental part of it, and I know you're a little bit. You're kind of a fucking outlier when it comes to this shit. Chris really is. Like on a fight day, he'll be like, "No, I'm good, dude. We're." <laughs> I, I don't, you're so nonchalant about it, but I watched Toy Story this morning. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Shepherd's Pie. Um, yeah. T- talk a little bit about the mental side of it for a lot of these guys, especially at that top tier championship defense, all the drama, the media. There's a mental exhaustion that comes with, especially being the champion. Like, I yeah. can't talk about that, but I mean, I've been around Weidman and other champions, like the press obligations. Like I said, training camp is a nightmare. And when you cut a lot of weight, your body won't cut it as easy if you do it over and over again. That's why guys, when they go on the ultimate fighter, half of them, fuck, I didn't know that half of them go a weight class up because you can make weight that one time, but making it multiple times in a shorter amount of time, it gets harder and harder and harder because your body's like, fuck you. That's not the weight you're actually supposed to be at. You kill yourself to get to that weight. So your body will go into like starvation mode and stuff. It'll be like, it'll hold on to everything. And that's like a physiological thing that you have no control over. It doesn't I matter did if not you do know that. That's wild. Right. Yeah. <sighs> so the ultimate fighter, a lot of guys can't do it over and over again. They can do it once. So that's why a lot of them go up a weight class. Then when they get in the UFC, they go back down to the weight class they normally would be because they only have to make weight every four months, six months, whatever. Yeah. So Aljo who's set to fight Sean O'Malley now in August, literally will be starting training camp again. And then the mental side of that is there's a whole nother like mental preparation for starting training camp. Cause you're like, fuck with no break. You're like, okay, now we got to go back to three practices a day in and out. Yeah. All the media shit, this and this and this, like you don't even get like some vacation time, some downtime to catch up with everybody that you blow off. Cause I mean, you kind of become a hermit during training camp. Right. Um, You're on an Island. Yeah. Because people are like, you know, you miss birthdays. Um, Alger doesn't have kids right now, but he's engaged and all these things, you know? And to me, I just, I think that's like super disrespectful. It's just like forced into it. Now we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Did he accept it? And then was like, my body hurts or I have a feeling he didn't just go. Yeah, I'm in um, knowing him, but who knows? He doesn't seem happy about and why, it. Why would Cejudo call this? Just, I know he's trying to put his, he wants to make that bag and all that shit, but like, yeah, if I'm Aljo, why the fuck are you speaking for me? I just beat you. 
Did I call you and tell you that? Did yeah, I call why, you and tell you I didn't want to fight? And why would Dana bring that? I mean, again, for the theatrics, but like that seems disrespectful too. Like they're poking at him. Yeah, they're like they're poking at him through the media. Oh, he's a pussy. He doesn't want to fight. Doesn't. I'd be like, I just beat your one of your best champions ever. <laughs> it's kind of funny. He's calling the title holder a pussy. <laughs> it's like the exact opposite. No, of I mean, what Chris <laughs> is saying is like the whole thing from soup to nuts is disrespectful. Like I don't get to rest. Chris just named, I mean, that was a pretty savage segment where you named every fighter who, who has Jeff Volkanovsky, all these guys who had massive fights who should be billed again. If, if the, if the, if the logic, if, if Dana was keeping his logic consistent, he'd have these guys all booked again. Uh, you're talking about a champion who's multiple defense champion. Now just beat a two division, arguably one of the best champions in the world and beat him handily pretty much in my opinion. And yeah, you get, you get a week off and then, and then I'm also going to bash it. My own, my own fucking fighter in the media, tell everyone that I took a call from the guy that he just beat. He's calling him a pussy and he didn't defend it. Yeah. He wasn't like, I shouldn't have taken that call. And I told Henry, this is fucked up. Like, dude, don't talk shit. Or I don't tell you, anybody. I that. get you want the fight, but like Aljo's taking his time. Like didn't even like have his back at all. Yeah. It's real strange to me. I don't know what goes on all behind and if they have a bunch of difficulties and stuff, but uh, scroll up on this one because Al Jermaine, I think this was today. What's the date today? It's he looks like a sexy R&B singer, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, dude. Take your panties off. Let's see. Or I'm sorry. Scroll down. On yeah, it. It's the 22nd. So yeah. is there supposed to be a video with it? Uh, no, it was just. Oh, yeah, okay. I like what he said. This is an intelligent response, I think. He said, if you want me to be the bad guy, tell me behind closed doors, behind the scenes. Aljo, this is what we're going to do. This is a script. Here it is. This is what we see. This is what the fans are picking up on you. We don't... This thing's in my way. Why don't we just take this and turn the volume up and accelerate the noise and make this as crazy as possible? Aljamain said, I'm with it. You guys know I like to play a character. I'll be him. He's just saying, like, why don't you guys let me in on this? Yeah, Which yeah. I agree with, you know. Um, let me see. I'm sorry. I'm reading here. He's basically saying the same thing in the next paragraph. Like, put me in on the joke. Don't make me look like a bitch. You're not going to keep doing that, dog. Fuck out of here. Danny, get out of here with that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, this is, this is professional fighting the best in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, walking out injury-free from a fight is not very common. Yeah. Now, some most guys also don't like to announce every injury they have. You know, the UFC is in on it because it's their insurance, but I mean, how much is that talked about too when it shouldn't be? <clears throat> it's against HIPAA. Yeah, dude. You just signed the paperwork <laughs> when you go. Law. That was dope. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um I don't have anywhere else to go with that, but let us know what you guys think too. Um yeah, for me, it just seems disrespectful. Like you said, they should have his back a little bit. Give the guy a little bit more of a break. All these other guys, like like you said, Islam Makachev, where is he? Yeah. You know, um, Adesanya. So the other thing is with some of those fights, like Adesanya Pereira, that was a tough fight, right? Adesanya was getting banged up a little bit at first. Did win by knockout. Pereira's already coming back. Um, yeah. It You're does. saying in that example, it's not unprecedented, but it should be the exception. What's that? You're kind of using Pereira saying like guys do turn around quick and they can, right? Is and that kind of where you were going with Pereira? Yeah. And it's not always the smartest. Like I don't like to see guys come back from getting knocked out for, 
I think you should yeah, take you've talked about this six before. months or more off. Like, yeah. don't even get hit. Because if you get knocked out and then six months from there, you have a fight lined up from getting knocked out six months till you're back in there. That means you started camp two months previous. So how, how long did you even rest your brain? Right. And that's right. another thing with, with Aljo. I mean, maybe he wants to take a break. Maybe he didn't get rocked. Maybe he didn't get concussed or anything. But, like, you got to rest your brain, too. The more you stack together like that, the more those injuries add up, add up, add up. You know what? I just thought of this goes back to a conversation we had once where, you know, you look at this Ngannou thing. The one thing, if I were on his team, I'd be like, you know what you should be pushing for, buddy, instead of, like, all these, like, cool things you get, which is rad, is a fighter's union where there's – where there's like, like structure. Yeah. Where like fighters get together and go, if you're a champion and there's a defense, there should be a minimum four month waiting period before you start camp. Like that happens every day in the workplace. Yeah. If you get injured on the job, this is what happens by law. There's protocols. There is protocols to your point. Cause you and I talk about recovery and how MMA hasn't evolved yet. Like every other sport, like in football, they don't tackle each other every day. They know how to fucking tackle. If they did careers would end when guys were 25 Yeah, and they've created more longevity and recovery for guys and the game's gotten better result. MMA is still sort of this like, yeah, there should be a fighter's union. Uh, 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 like, like in the NFL, there's a player's association and then they barter with the NFL and it's made players' lives better. They don't have that yet in MMA. We're like, to your point, this is one of those conversations that a team of, and I know we've talked about it, and, and all these guys are so individual and all that shit, but like, for the longevity of the sport, a group of guys should be a council to the UFC where things like this are discussed. Like, if it's a tough fight, a title defense, whatever, whatever, you get four months minimum yeah. before you have to come back. Well, that's usually fairly standard. It's not like written or anything. Most champions after defense, most champions fight once a year. Yeah. So Aljo's about to have two in six months. And when was his fight before that? Um, Probably been three in almost a year. I want to say it was at the end of 2022. Yeah, so three fights in a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy to me. It, again, it's interesting, and I don't really understand why. But um, A championship-level fight every six months? Yeah, that's a lot because – camp put into that that's what people don't ever account for they're like oh it's been six months but it's like <laughs> yeah but you don't just get up and From go your fight. chair as your you, you don't o'malley may have greased the wheels on this a little bit like no in I some think, way like pay dana or like get nah. in with that is there like something that would happen i just think dana knows that this fight a is going to be huge there is already drama building for it and i think he thinks if o'malley's at the champion He's got another Conor McGregor yeah, on his hands. Yeah, because O'Malley does kind of remind me of that same vibe. Is it huge, though? I mean, sure, O'Malley's got a following, but I've never – this is just me. I've never been like, Sean O'Malley's fighting – I got to watch it. Me oh, either, no. but he kind of has that, like – I feel like he kind of has that Nate Diaz type of following. He's got, like, the star power to, to him. Like People the, just, like, love to see him fight. Yeah. I, th I, I would be willing to bet Dana thinks he's got another Conor on his hands. If this guy wins a championship – No. I mean, maybe he thinks that. I mean, they. I told you earlier, they can make anybody a superstar. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe he's got to win the belt, and then that's when the marketing machine takes over even more. Can they make anyone a superstar? Like me? I mean, you do have to win, but oh, no. I do think that they can give you favorable matchups. Um, they do do that. Give you favorable matchups to build you up and then put the marketing behind you. Because I've heard Dana say this, and it's true. Like, you look at a Patty, a Connor, 
even in O'Malley. All Irish, right? No. I'll give you two examples. They have that it. Dana calls it the it factor. Like, um, there are just certain guys who are more well spoken, better on social media, be- better in press conferences, better at talking shit. He's right. There is another factor to like a McGregor that he has that a lot of guys just don't have it. I'll give you two examples actually where it didn't work out. Sage Northcutt and Paige Van Zant. It worked out for Paige, but they made her a star. She doesn't win very often. I bet if you looked up her record, like she fights for bare knuckle. She, I don't think she's ever won a fight in bare knuckle and she makes a ridiculous amount of money. I'm not shitting on her. She's sweet, like everything. But I mean, the UFC got behind those two around the same time, built them up to stars and then they didn't. So you do have to have skill behind you to carry that. Yeah, no, no question. You don't think Sean has that skill? No, I think he does. I think that he does have a lot of holes, but I mean, so does Connor. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Let's wrap this up and go punch each other. Let's do it. What are you uh, sipping on, Miller? That's a show. Oh, yeah, our new uh, Rainbow Sherbet came out. Whoa. <laughs> are you calling it Sherbet or Sherbet? I don't know. It makes me, I feel, thought it was it makes me feel more French. <laughs> Rainbow Chabaret. It's the champagne of sodas. It's Joe Durte. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to spice New it. New Rainbow Sherbert. That looks good. Yeah, don't try to make it fancy. Dude. Check it out. Fitsoda.com. We're out. That's a show. Big time. Knowing that. Diamonds in my teeth.